God say amen. amen. Real quickly, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. Uh, we'll go there quickly and we'll be ready to go. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. If you have it, say amen. amen. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting, is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even the youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But, they, but those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Real simple title, I want to tag this, Help is on the Way. Help is on the way. Let me hear you say, help is on the way. <laughs> let's just start off, uh, straight off, straight off the bat, just to get some, uh, let's just agree on something. It's a lot going on in the world today. I'm going to try that again. It's a lot going on in the world today. Um, you kind of want to watch the news, kind of don't want to watch the news because the news is so depressing. There's so much going on. Um, that when you watch it, you're depressed, but if you don't watch it, you don't know what has happened. You don't know whether to go hide under a desk if you, if you haven't watched it or see what's going on if we're going to war. It's a lot going on. The pandemic seems to have asked for an extension uh, <laughs> from the powers of being. It's a lot going on, and you're like, when is all of this going to be over? Our states, our nation, it's just a lot going on. And then I haven't even gotten to your house and everything you have to deal with. And, 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 and it's just a lot going on. And often as a believer, you try to put on the strong face, but in the back of your mind, you have to be wondering, when is help going to show up? Uh, often as a believer, you've been told, you know, to hold your head up, be faithful, be thankful. But in the back of your mind, some days you're wondering, when is any of this going to get better? Uh, in, in the book of Isaiah, it's, it's divided in two parts. Uh, it's really like the miniature Bible because there are 66 chapters, just like there are 66 books in the Bible. And if you want to ever uh, kind of sum up the Bible uh, and re re read the Bible in its entirety, you can kind of give Isaiah a look because it sums up the Bible for you. And there's this first half of Isaiah chapter 1 through chapter 39 that is this impending judgment upon Israel, the people of God, for their disobedience. So chapter 1 to chapter 39 is not that bright because it's judgment and punishment on the people of God for their disobedience as captivity, it's hardships. And then when we get to chapter 40, there's a transition. So from chapter 40 to chapter 66, there is this promise of God's deliverance and things are looking better and there's a transition to a brighter day. And so by the time we get to chapter 40, Isaiah has been given the task of switching the mood for the people of God and telling them God will deliver. Now the question is not, yeah, will God deliver the question is, what do I do in the in-between time? It, it, it's a message of help is on the way, but it's also a message to help uh, give directions on what to do until help comes. 
uh, the, the word is God is going to deliver you. My task today is to tell you what that looks like, what that feels like, and what to do in the meantime. And, and, and you can see it right in the text. When you get to verse 27, uh, he comes to the people to kind of switch the mood from judgment to hope. And, he, and, and when he finds them, he, he, he finds them really kind of frustrated with God, and they're really upset with God, and he starts kind of reprimanding them because he says to them, why do you say, O Jacob, uh, and speak, O Israel, that my way is hidden from, hidden from the Lord? It is that it seemed to them that God was absent. It seemed to them that God was missing. It seemed to them that God was ignoring them. It seems as though their prayers were going unattended to or unheard. It seems like God had gone AWOL on the people of God. And, and I know that's a big thought uh, for believers inside of church to admit because you don't want like, lightning to strike or hit you or something. But uh, sometimes in life when you're going through, it seems like God is absent. I know he's omnipresent and God is everywhere at the same time. I get all that. But some days when life really hits and some seasons when life really hits, for them they, they say, it seems like our rights are being ignored. It seems like our call is being disregarded. And I just need to take role from somebody in here to know uh, sometimes God seems absent in your life. Let me make sure I got the right sermon. Let me stop. Make sure I got the right sermon. Is there anybody that has an area in your life you need God's help in? Got the right sermon. Okay, that's all I want to make sure. Is there anybody in here that knows that there's an area in your life that if God doesn't fix it, it can't be fixed? I really got the right sermon. So let's try this again. But sometimes it seems like the area I need God the most is the area God seems most absent in. Tell your neighbor what they're supposed to say to me right there. They're supposed to say, preach Alexander, preach That's what you're supposed to say. Next time they miss their cue, just do like this real hard. Like, you know what you're supposed to say. Let's try it again. Preach Alexander. We'll rewind and give you one more chance, and then I don't want to have to do this again, you understand? Sometimes the area of my life that, that I think I need God the most is sometimes the area it seems like God seems to be ignoring or absent. And it's frustrating praying about something and watching it get worse. It's frustrating praying about a marriage and it gets worse. It's frustrating praying about a child, and it gets worse. It's frustrating praying about, praying about family issues, and instead of better, they're getting progressively worse. And somebody's dreading Monday because you've been praying about the job, but the job is getting worse. And sometimes you're like, do you hear me? Do I need another number? Do I need to try another way? Because sometimes it seems like God is totally absent on the area you need him most. There it is. And, and, and it's not that I'm not blessed, but sometimes it's hard to appreciate all my other blessings when the area I really need it still goes on. Thanks for a nice car, but I need a good, I need a good spouse right now. And, 
and thanks for a beautiful house, but can you take care of the children that's in here that's driving me crazy and I wish I had somebody. And thanks for, for, for good clothes, but I need this body to stop hurting. And, thank, and, and sometimes I have a whole lot of yeah, things that are going good, but what about the area you seem to be ignoring? And, 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 and I, I hear the preacher say, help is on the way, and I want to know when will help come? I mean, when? You, you, should, you ask good questions. Like, like, help is on the way. How far is it? <laughs> help is on the way. Can, can you send me your location? <laughs> like your current location. Like, like, how far are you from, from me, and when is this help coming? And, and am I getting this in deferments? Am I getting all my help? <laughs> or I'm just going to get a little help at a time? Because as long as I've been waiting, when you finally show up, I need all of my help. And so this is what the prophet says. And it's going to sound real simple, but guess what? I just want, can, I, can I have permission to be real simple today? Because you already need help. The last thing you need is a complicated preacher. <laughs> help is going to come when you remember who God is. Help is going to come when you remember who God is. Look at the text. He kind of like checks them. He, he says, wait a minute. For all of you that feels like God is absent. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Yeah. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends. Remember I said that like that, of the earth. And there is no searching his understanding. Watch this now. He he reminds them, yeah, to remember who God is. But why do you have to be reminded? Let's just be honest. Because I know you're saying, I know who God is. I can't. How can you forget who God is? When life hits you really, really hard, one of the first things we do is forget who God really is. And sometimes when our problems get big, we minimize God to humanness. And sometimes we forget God is not confined to the same restrictions and constraints, preach Alexander, that we are confined to. Isaiah says, I, want to, I really want to help you by saying, I don't want to give you a new revelation. I'm not trying to drop any new information. I'm just trying to prompt you to remember what you already know. Let me see it another way. My mother told me to quit preaching about her so much. Hopefully she's in church back in St. Luke and not watching. Uh, if you really want to know when you were in trouble with Doris Alexander, it's when the speech started like this. I know you know better. Now they have laws on the books for the things she did to me. So I'm safe now, but I, I mean, and I think she's passed the statute of limitation <laughs> for being locked up for <laughs> I promise when I... 45, almost 50 years ago, time out was not a thing in my house. <laughs> my, they did what they wanted to do to you, then you took your own time out. You know what? <laughs> when she got done, I put myself in time out. I need time away from you. That's what I need. 
But it started off like this. I know you know better. Have you lost your mind? What were you thinking? Didn't I teach you better than this? And the longer the speech, you knew what was coming next was going to get worse. And, 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 if, and, and, and if you got a mama like mine, if she put her hand on her hip, oh, it was over. It's like, you might as well just say he died one Friday. <laughs> and he got up early Sunday morning. She said, have you lost your mind? I know you know better. What in the world were you thinking? Now you make me look bad like I haven't taught you anything. Isaiah is saying to all of us that's tripping like God has left us, I know you know better. Have you lost your mind? If you don't get yourself together, y'all not helping me. Now you got me out here looking bad. I need a few sisters in the room, put your hand on your hip and look at your name and say, I know you know better. <laughs> Have you not known? You know better because you've experienced God. You got history with God. You got some background with God. If I was it, yeah, if I was back in my neighborhood, we would say, we're not new to this, we're true to this. I, I, I got some yesterday with God. And when you don't like your today with God, just remember your yesterday with God. And something about your yesterday ought to help you pull through your today. Don't touch them because we're in a pandemic, but just look at somebody and tell them, if you don't like your today, tell them, if you don't like your today, remember your yesterday with God. If you ever make it to a bad chapter in your book and it looks like you're not going to make it out of that chapter, just back up to some previous chapters. This is not the first time you've had a storm. Have you not known? You know it. You've been there. You've been sick before and he healed you. You've been down before and he raised you. You've cried before and he's dried your tears. You've been lost before and he found you. You've been in darkness before and he gave you light. You've needed a bridge over troubled water and he was before. Don't act like he hasn't been there before. Remember your history with God. Have you not known? Have you not known? Then, then, have you not heard? If you don't know by experience, you ought to get yourself together by all the stuff you heard about it. Because everything you heard about it really is true. So here's the thing about heard. Always put yourself, especially when you're going through, around people who have good God talk. The last thing you need to do when you're already down is be around folks who's always talking down. When you're going through, make sure you keep in earshot good preachers, teachers, family, and friends who know how to talk God talk. Say, so have you not heard? Heard. Because sometimes... 
what you've heard, although you haven't experienced it, is going to pull you through until you can get to it yourself. I wish I had some information. When, I was, when we lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, there was always ice and snow. You, like, lived in ice and snow. It was, it was the worst thing, you know. We moved from Arkansas to Milwaukee, and I got up, and it was, like, like four feet of snow, and I took off my school clothes, and my mother said, wrong state. <laughs> You're going to school. And, and so we'd be in the car, and... <laughs> You know, in Arkansas, it just get cold and they close school. And now I get to Milwaukee, and yeah, you got to push through snow to get out the door. Just to, I was like, oh, we, we, we do this? And, uh, and we were driving, and she hit an ice patch, and she takes her foot off the gas, but she doesn't slam on the brakes when you feel yourself slipping. And she's, then she looks at me when we're done sliding, and is like, did you see what I just did? Come on. I'm like, I'm 10. I just want to ride. I didn't know I was... <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to be watching. And she said, I took my foot off of the gas, but I, I resisted the impulse to hit on the brakes. I'm preaching and you don't even know it yet. And at 10, I'm like, okay. And, and a year or two go by and it would happen again. She would hit an ice pack and she would take her foot off the gas, but she wouldn't hit the brakes. She said, Eric, were you paying attention? I'm like, I don't even have a car. I'm like 12, what am I watching? She says, uh, you're watching that, that I, I, I take my foot off the gas, but you're also noticing that there's going to be an impulse for you to hit brakes and stop. But the worst thing you can do when you hit an ice patch. Tell me y'all should have stood up. You just heard God talk to you because you're going through some stuff and you want to hit brakes so bad. And God said, you might not be able to hit the gas, but what I don't want you to do is hit the brake. Who am I talking to in here? Just do like this. Say, you're talking to me. And if you know it's somebody in your house I'm talking to, do like this. You're talking to him. He just won't say amen. Whatever you do, you might not be able to go forward, but don't slam on the brakes. You will make a bad situation worse if you stop doing what God has called you to do. Am I because when I hit ice patches in my life, I want to slam on brakes and say, you know what? I'm out. I don't want this. But you can destroy something stopping before God says so. Here's what my mother says to me. My mother says to me, I'm telling you now because you're sitting on the passenger side. I told you I'm Baptist, I want to start dancing right now. I just want to start. If I was back in St. Luke, they would let me stop preaching and just shout for about 30 seconds because she says a day is going to come and you won't be sitting on that side. A day is going to come, I'll be over there and you'll be over here. And you got to remember what you heard because a day is going to come, you'll be in the driver's seat. Thank God for every preacher I heard. Thank God for my mom and my daddy I heard. Thank God for my grandmother telling me about it because now I'm in the driver's seat and sometimes all I have to go by is what I heard. Some days that's all I have is what they taught me, what they told me. All those days dreading Sunday school, now I thank God for Sunday school. All those memory verses they made me learn, I thank God for those memory verses. Because back then it was by choice. 
It was by force. Now I choose to remember them. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Have I preached to you yet? That the Lord is the everlasting God. I've been preaching 30 years this year. That's hard to believe since I'm only like 32 or 3, you know. But I've been preaching 30 years. I've been pastoring the same church 25 years. And there's this, there's this fun thing I do in preaching, and that is when you've been preaching like over 20 years, you have the right to make up words. It, read it. It's in there. In the manual somewhere, it gives you right to make up words when you've been in it 25 years. I thank God, right, I thank God for the isness of God. Isness, yeah. The Lord is everlasting. Somebody say isness. Isness is, I, I never have to worry about God being a was God. Because everything he was, he still is. And I never have to worry about God being a will be God. Because everything he will be, he already here. So when I can't find any other help, I can just say the Lord. Yes, everything he was, he is. Everything he will be, he is. And everything I need, he already. He is. He says before Abraham was, I am. When Moses tried to figure out what his name was, he named himself. First name, I am. Middle name, that. Last name, I am. I wish I had some help in here. I am. What is that? Anything you need me to be? I am. Can't be was, because I am. Remember who he is. Who he is. Remember who he is. He's everlasting. Everlasting. What does everlasting mean? Because I, you hear that. You know God is everlasting. So that just kind of goes over your head like, okay, he's everlasting. But when I'm going through, what does everlasting mean? When I'm going through troubles, everlasting means he's in charge and in control all the time. It means he can never be late. And the reason he can never be late, because before time ever started, he already was. And when time is no more, he still will be. Well, let me say it another way. He's Alpha and Omega. That means he's in Sunday. But when you get to a storm on Friday, he was already in Friday waiting on you to get there. You can never show up in a place in time that he is not because he's everlasting. So he's before time, he's in time, and he's after time. So whatever it seems like God is taking too long, chill, because he can't be late. Because what's ever gone wrong before he shows up, if he doesn't like it, he can just reverse it. Preach Alexander. You, you remember, you remember uh, yeah, uh, Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus and says, our brother is sick, hurry up and get here. And the Bible says, instead of rushing, Jesus hung out where he was two more days and he was four days late. And like, why are you not hurrying up? Why? I don't have to. I don't have to because I'm not stuck or confined to time. When he shows up, Martha checks him, preach Alexander, and says, if you had been here, our brother 
wouldn't have died. She tells him, in essence, you're too late. He says, I'm not too late. Your brother will rise again. She says, I know he's going to rise in the great resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection. <laughs> when I show up, everything you need just showed up. Will you high-five yourself and say, never late? <laughs> He's never too late. Everlasting. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. Now, he, now the writer could have just said he's the creator of the earth. And that would have been sufficient enough. But he add an extra detail to really make emphasis on just how much he's in control of. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. Now, if a preacher does all that to make a point, you're supposed to get with it. <laughs> Don't kill my thunder. Let's try it again. He's the creator of the ends. That, there it is, the ends of the earth. That means not just earth, but wherever you go in life, in the darkest corner of the world, because sometimes you can slip into a dark corner in the world. In the smallest, most because when I'm going through, I'm not posting about it. I'm not tweeting about it. When I'm really going through, I get real quiet. I push back from everybody. I kind of disappear, only do what I have to do. And then I go in my small little bubble. I, I want to rush home. I want to ignore the phone. I hate to hear the garage go up. Because that means somebody else is coming home. <laughs> and I really just want to be in my own world. But when I get to the smallest area of my world, then I hear Isaiah say, he's the creator of the... Yeah, he's right in there. So since he's the creator, that means, in, in, in understanding of creator, the creator is always greater than everything he created. So if I created it, I can control it. Preach Alexander. So whenever you start tripping and you don't know what to do, just go outside. And when you go outside, listen to the silence of the heavens. And when you go outside, check out the goings on of outside. And when you get outside, notice the seasons keep on happening. Spring still happens. Summer still happens. Fall still happens. You're preaching, Alexander. Winter still happens. Put your weight on it, Alexander. Just watch. The sun still comes up in the morning. Still goes down in the evening. The moon still comes out at night. The stars still sparkle at night. Just pay attention to outside. Somewhere in the neighborhood, a dog is still barking. Cats still meowing. Just pay attention to nature. They don't do it. Turn on National Geographic Channel. Lions still roar. Bears still growl. Snakes still crawl. Birds still slide. Fish still swim. I'm waiting on you. What I'm trying to tell you is everything God made still works. I wish I had company in the room today that everything he created still works. Grass still green, trees still go up, bushes still stay low. I'm here. Everything God made still. I'm the creator of the ends of the earth. Remember 
who he is. But there's something else. I'm going to cut some of this off my sermon. Let me go to this part. When you get done remembering who he is, then I need you to remember who you are not. Remember who God is. And I told you who he is and what he can do. Let me tell you, there's something, there's some, some things God cannot do. Oh, come here, child of God. Now, my grandmother would grab me off this stage right now and say, have you lost your everlasting mind? Did you just say there's some things God can't do? Bible just showed you. Look at the text. It says there's some things he can't do. He can't faint and he can't grow weary. It's impossible for him to get tired. And it's impossible for him to worry about, I wish I had some help in here. Why? Because he has all the answers. Now, here it is. Once I remember who he is, help is on the way. But then I got to admit who I am not. God is everlasting. You are not. God is the creator. You are not. God knows everything. You do not. God has all the answers. You do not. Admit you don't have power. The text does not say you don't have some power. The text says he gives strength to the powerless. That I'm totally, completely powerless and insufficient. Scoot up, lean in. I can do nothing, be nothing, say nothing, accomplish anything without the Lord. Everything I am, I've needed God to be it. Everything you've done right, God did it. And here, since we have this ice storm, we just and it's fresh on your mind. Let me just use the ice for example. It only takes walking on one patch of ice to knock you off your feet. There's a group of people who wait for me when I'm at church, and there's, they wait no matter what, and they just stand at the back door of the administration wing talking and laughing until I'm done, and then we walk out together most of the time to the cars talking, clowning, and laughing. And last Saturday, we had a funeral, and after the funeral, they were downstairs waiting while I was doing everything and have, speaking to the family. And when I came downstairs, they were talking and laughing like normal, waiting on me to come so we could go to the cars. But when we opened the door, there was nothing but a sheet of ice. And folks start holding hands that have never held hands. And everybody was holding on to each other. And then normally we just walk out without being a, paying attention to our surroundings. We start paying attention to every step. We start being conscious about who was around us. We start being careful not to go too fast. Y'all not helping me. Then you start making sure you had the right people close by. I have a real big uh, security guard. He's like this big, like, yeah. And he was behind me. I said, no, partner, get in front of me. He said, no, I got you back here. I said, no, I might fall forward. I need something to fall on. And then I got my 16-year-old son, and I got him behind me. And then I'm holding on and walking sideways because I got on church shoes. And I'm last thing I want with my cute self. <laughs> Thinking I'm sharp. 
is to end up upside down. But I became fully aware all it takes is one patch of ice to turn you upside down. You think I'm talking about outside? All it takes in life is one trip to the doctor to turn your world upside down. All it takes is from one car to run a red light and turn your life upside down. You're not talking to me. All it takes is for one child to go left and turn your life upside down. You'll help me preach in a minute. I know you got a great job, but all it takes is one trip to the boss's office to turn your life upside down. You are powerless, and every morning you get up, help is only going to come when you admit you need some help. Every morning you got to get up and say, I need you. I can't make it without you. And Lord, if you move, I'll fall. Now, I know what you're saying. If I'm so powerless, how did I make it this far? He brought you. If I'm so powerless with all of my degrees, how do I know what I know? He taught you. <laughs> if I'm so powerless, why am I still here after all these years? He's kept you. <laughs> Where I am, he brought me. What I know, he taught me. What I have, he gave me. Who I am, he made me. And I'm not worried because he never left. <laughs> Remember who you are not. Remember, I've been preaching 30 years, I told you, but every time I go to the pulpit, it starts like this. The trip up the step, I say, Lord, be gracious. Because you've never been doing it so long that you just got it down pat. One of the biggest problems with Christians is we become self-reliant. And we become prideful. And we start thinking we're self-sufficient. But every day, you need to get in a weak, vulnerable position and say, God, if you don't help me today, I can't do it. Amen. There's a song we sang growing up that said, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Remember who he is and help will come. Remember who you are not. Even the youth faint. So quit wishing you were younger. Young folks faint. Even young men, that word there, young men is really battle or warrior or athletic person. Even the champions of the world get old and tired. You wear Jordans, you don't want Jordan on your team right now. <laughs> you would not be picking your starting five. <laughs> like, I want Michael Jordan. No, thank you. I want to wear Michael Jordans. Why? Because even the best of us get tired. Help will come when you remember who he is. And then help will come when you remember who you are not. Then I'm closing with help will come when you wait on him. Now, this wait is not a wait, passive wait of doing nothing. Keep doing what God has called you to do until God changes the situation. You heard about the clock that had a nervous breakdown? Yeah. Straightway the clock was sitting on the shelf, ticking, brand new, ticking away. And straightway the clock started thinking about how many times he had to tick 
Y'all say amen to my little story. <laughs> and straightway the clock started talking to himself, and straightway the clock says, you mean tell me I have to tick two ticks a second, 120 ticks a minute, 7,200 ticks an hour, 172,800 ticks a day, 1,200,600 ticks a week, times 52 weeks, that's 62,899,200 ticks a year. He just fell apart. <laughs> the owner took him to the doctor. The doctor worked on the mainspring, got the mainspring straightened out, and then he asked the clock, now, Mr. Clock, what's wrong with you? He says, well, doctor, I thought about it. I have to tick two ticks a second. Then I have to tick 120 ticks a minute, and then I have to tick 7,200 7, ticks an hour. And then I have, he said, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Mr. Clock. I get all of that. But how many ticks do you have to tick at a time? He said, oh, that's easy. Just one tick at a time. It went over somebody's head. I'm going to give you a minute. He says, go home and don't worry about the 7,200 ticks an hour. Just focus on ticking one tick at a time. And since I've been pastoring St. Luke Baptist Church for 25 years, some days I just want to ask God, where are you? And I hear him saying, find your tick and just keep ticking till I make it better. Sometimes in marriage, you want to just throw your hands up. He says, find your tick and keep ticking till I make it better. Sometimes in parenting, who am I talking to? You just want to give up. He says, find your tick and keep ticking till I make it better. Look at somebody and say, just keep on ticking. Wait on him. Waiters are stairs. And if you wait, if you trust him, if you stay in the right position, he'll renew your strength. And I look at the word renew in the Hebrew, it's the word to change you. The more I stay in position doing what God has called me to do, he starts strengthening me. So by the way, help is going to come, but help will first come inside of you, not in front of you. So just because the situation in front of your eyes haven't changed doesn't mean God has not changed the situation because sometimes before he changes it, he changes you. I'm gone. I got to get out of here. But what if your help has already shown up? What if your help is not in them? What if your help is already in you? And what if you just need to stand up and tell yourself greater is he that's in me than he that's in the renew that strength mount up with wings as eagles he'll give you power to rise above it all then run and not be weary he'll give you power and strength to run through it and then walk and not faint wait that's not how I would have written that that seems very anticlimactic to start with mount start move to run and then end with walk. Just seemed like, in my little finite mind, it would have been better to start walking, move into a run, and then end up flying. I wish I had somebody. But what the Lord is saying, sometimes in life, 
I'll snatch you out of it and give you power to rise above it. But the stronger you get, you don't have to flap your wings and fly out of it. The stronger you get, you can run through it. I'll give you power to run through it. But when you trust me like you ought to trust me, I don't have to snatch you out of it. When you trust me like you ought to trust me, you don't have to run quickly through it. But when you trust me like you ought to trust me, you can take a deep breath. You can calm down and walk through it. I ain't got to be snatched out of it. I can take my time, chill out, and walk through it. I heard David say, Yea, though I walk through the valley. Why are you still shouting about walking? Because I'm not walking in the valley. I'm walking through the valley. Why are you not tripping? I don't have to. Nothing in the valley can hurt me because when I'm walking, guess what? He's walking with me. There's an old hymn where I grew up to say, and he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me, I am his child. So go home tonight. Go to bed tonight. Turn off the lights tonight. And when you get up in the morning, don't fly out, don't run out, just walk through it. Just walk through it. If your family in trouble, walk through it. If your job in trouble, walk through it. If your life is upside down, walk through it. And it's good news, he's walking with you.